On this episode of the Trade Brothers Podcast, we're going to talk about a phrase that you've probably all heard before as applied to premium selling, and that is the phrase, picking up nickels in front of a steamroller. Before I go on, the usual disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, so everything on this podcast is for informational purposes only and not to be construed as investment advice. Now, uh, this phrase, and there's, there's different versions. You've probably heard picking up pennies, nickels, or dimes uh, in front of a steamroller or um, a bulldozer. And this is used commonly to describe premium selling um, because of the negatively skewed uh, profit distribution of premium selling. This is basically meaning that the profits, when you win, are limited, right? Because your, your profits are limited to just a credit receipt. Whereas the loss, um, well, not necessarily unlimited. Well, you know, in, in the case of naked calls, it could be un- unlimited, but mostly, for example, naked puts. It's, it's limited to basically what the strike price is, right? But that loss can be very, very large compared to how much you can win. Right? And so basically, you can easily, you know, you're normally trying to risk two to make one, risk three to make one, but you can easily end up losing 10, 20, or 50, um, 50 extra credit, right? And this is why um, this phrase has been used to describe premium selling because you're essentially picking up small profits and usually at a very high probability, right? It could be 80%, 90%. Um, so picking up small profits, but in front of a steamroller, and in this case, it's, it's kind of referring to the market, right? Because if you're you know, close to the money, or maybe if you're not close to the money, but all of a sudden, you know, you get in the money or, the, you know, your strike is breached, this is kind of the idea where the stream, steamroller hits you, right? And you get, you get smashed and you take a big loss, right? And so this is why this phrase is used to, to commonly describe uh, the strategy of premium selling. And while I don't necessarily disagree with this, because in fact, I, I think it is a accurate character, characterization of, again, that risk-reward profile, what I don't like and, and what I really disagree with is how the phrase is typically used more in a negative light, right? It's used to discourage people from selling premium, or it's used to kind of uh, spread the idea that premium selling is too risky um, or it's something it's not a good idea or it's not a good strategy or you can't make money right and we clearly know that's not correct because there's plenty of people who make very good money selling premium right and again it's all about the probabilities and risk management and you know those will those are topics we'll you know save for another episode but generally speaking the idea is again because they're trying to give you this idea that because of this you know really large asymmetrical loss profile that it's a bad idea but what if you know the the point is if if you're going to assume that at some point you're always going to get hit you know by the steamroller or bulldozer or whatever you know you're almost saying that you're just going to go at the strategy willy-nilly with no risk management right because it, to to believe that hey, I'm going to pick up, you know, nickels and I'm going to, you know, win 30, 40, 50 times, whatever, and one big loss is going to wipe me out. Well, that's only if you let it, right? So the idea is if you're going to pick up nickels and from a steamroller, well, think about it. The steamroller is something that moves very slowly. Obviously, if you get hit, right, that's kind of a catastrophic um, event. But why don't you just, right, if you're going to take that analogy further, like if you're going to pick up nickels and from a steamroller, just don't get hit, right? Or get out of the way or step aside, right? And obviously, 
when you think about it logically, it seems so straightforward. Um, and practice is obviously not that simple because there's just other things involved. And to kind of, um, you know, to stick with this framework and to kind of just stay with that analogy, I want to add a little bit to this just to give an idea of kind of my mental model and the framework from which I view this. So let's say in f- instead of picking up nickels or dollars in front of a steamroller or whatever, let's say in the path of the steamroller, let's say there is a booth, right, or, or a box or like a room that you can step into. And let's say on that box, you know, there's a screen and there's a number, right? This number is basically the credit. It could be $100, $1,000, whatever it is. And so basically this value, and it can change, right, depending on how close the steamroller is and volatility, whatever. But basically this value is the amount that, let's say the moment you open the door and step in the box, right, this value, this credit is going to get deposited in your account. In fact, that's what happens when you sell premium, right? But the moment you step in, right, the door locks behind you. Now, let's say the door locks behind you and immediately there's another screen inside and basically there's a number on there. Now, when you first step in, now I'm giving sort of a simple example. So we're going to ignore commission and fees for a second. So let's say at the get go, it says $100, right? So you step in the box, door closes, $100 in your account. But now you're not locked in, right? And immediately the screen says $100. And basically this value is now how much you have to pay to get out of the box, right? To get out of the way of the steamroller. And this is that idea that when you sell premium, right, you're selling a contract, you're entered a position, and yes, there's $100 in your account, but that doesn't mean you actually made any money, right? You're still in that position. That's why some people, when they talk about premium selling, um, they, they say this idea of like, okay, well, I, I collected my, my money or whatever, and I don't have to do anything because the money's in the pocket, right? Well, yes, it is, but again, you're stuck in that position, right? And the way that kind of time decay or even volatility is represented. So for example, so let's say you have to pay $100 to get out, right? That's essentially you have to, for the $100 you collected, right at that moment, you have to pay the same $100, again, ignoring fees and everything, to get out and get out of the way of danger, right? Now, let's say you wait a day or two days or whatever, and that value is now gonna go down, right? Instead of $100, it might say 90 right? Or 80. So if now you only have to pay $80 to leave the box, right? So you collected 100, but you paid 80. That means that you were able to get out of position with the net profit of $20 because you collected 100 to go in and paid 80 to get out. And so, you know, that's time decay, right? As time goes on, that number is going to go down, right? And as the bulldozer comes closer or further from the box depending on how fast it's traveling that number may continue to go down or may go up right and the idea of implied volatility if if volatility goes up right if you think something causes you to think that bulldozer is going to speed up or going to get closer or whatever right even if it's not getting closer that number on the screen may go up right the price of the option in this case right it may cost you more to get out even though the bulldozer hasn't run you over yet. And I think this is part of the reason why some people, you know, hesitate or don't realize that you need to manage your risk because they're like, hey, I'm still, you know, my strike is so far from the money 
and why am I going to pay to exit when I still have time or whatever, right? Like I still have time to be right, right? I have 40 days or whatever it is and the market's going to bounce or whatever. But remember, you know, would you rather be right or would you rather be alive, right? Because obviously you don't want to wait until the moment you actually get hit, right? And this is again coming back to if you're going to get in front of the steamroller to pick up nickels, then you better know when you can simply walk away. Now, sometimes that may cost you extra, right? So let's say you get in for $100 and something happens, the bulldozer starts moving closer, a volatility goes up, and now the screen says $200 and you have to pay $200 to get out. That means that, yes, you collected $100, you pay $200, so you took a $100 loss to get out of the box and walk away, which is fine, right? Because you can't expect to, to win every single time, but the point is, if you want to pay to get out and get out of the way and not get run over, you'd rather do that sooner than later, right? If you wait until it costs you $1,000 to get out, then in that case, you've lost, you know, 9x your money, right? And this is, this is when it starts getting to that situation where, like, the people who use this concept of picking up nickels in front of a steamroller, right, to kind of scare people into saying that premium selling is not a good idea, right? That's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of, mentality or the kind of event that can happen that really sets you back. You don't want to be in a case where you know, you're picking up you know, nickels or dimes and losing dollars, right? And again, I've talked about expectancy and probabilities, and maybe probably we'll, we'll touch on this some more in the further episode. But again, I just kind of want to talk about this concept um, and, and my view on it. And another, another thing is like, you know, if you get into a position and you can see basically the bulldozer are coming right for the most part and the main thing that can sort of short circuit the risk management is the idea of a gap right and this is why normally it's safer to sell further out of the money right because sorry not just further out of the money but further in time right because if you're selling further in time and for that same delta, rather, right? like 15 delta at 45 days out is going to be very different than 15 delta from like a week out, for example, right? So if you're further out in time, you're naturally going to be able to go further from the money, which means you're going to be further from the bulldozer, right? So if you're a mile away from the bulldozer picking up nickels, then you don't really care what it's doing, right? You can see it coming from a mile away. And if you're going to pick up a nickel, you know, 10 feet in front of it, then yeah, that's a little more dangerous because yes, it's slow moving, but maybe you get distracted or you're not paying attention and before you know it, you turn around and it's, it's right there in front of you, right? And then the idea of a gap, right? So the idea of a gap, because of overnight risk, and of course there's ways you can hedge with futures or whatever, but we're not you know, gonna go that deep. With a, a gap is basically, you know, <laughs> not, not that the similar is gonna teleport, but it's more like, let's say you go to sleep and then you wake up and the bulldozer has been moving overnight. And, you know, if you're if you're selling seven days out or two days out, right, you're starting only 100 feet from the bulldozer. And if you go to sleep and wake up and all of a sudden it moves 75 feet overnight and you're now 25 feet away, it's a lot closer, right? And yes, you can still see it, right? You can still see a bulldozer at 25 feet. But remember that idea of implied volatility, right? You're stuck in this box, right? Maybe you stepped into the box for a $100 credit, but you wake up and it's right next to you, it may cost you $500, $600 to get out, right? That idea of this gap in this sort of discrete jump in the price of options, which can let you, you know, it's going to be very difficult for you to control that risk reward profile. 
Whereas if you're selling further out in time and you're very far from the money, right? If you're a mile away from the bulldozer when you get in, even if there is an overnight gap and let's say it moved 100 feet, right? Or whatever, it's still thousands of feet away. So that that's the idea why further out in time, this idea of gamma, right? It, you're, the option price is less sensitive, right? Because the bulldozer can move pretty far, you know, overnight or whenever, but because it's so far away, that price of the option, the price for you to get out of your position is not going to be as sensitive. So again, maybe this whole analogy, the way I've described it is a little bit wonky, but I think, again, to bring it back, the point is, you know, just to take this concept that Again, everyone that sells options probably has heard this, you know, the idea of picking a nickel in front of a bulldozer or a steam steamroller. And really look at it from a perspective of yes, there is risk in selling premium. There's risk in any kind of trade. And yes, it is a negatively skewed strategy, meaning that the potential loss is much larger than the potential profit. But again, the key word is potential loss, right? It doesn't mean you have to take a loss. So if you're going to do a strategy, you know, any strategy selling premium with no plan to manage your risk, right? And you're going to go pick up the nickels in front of a steamroller and basically just not even look at it, turn your back and just decide, hey, no matter what, <laughs> I'm going to, right? Let's say you get in that box, right? And you're going to say, hey, no matter what, I'm not going to pay to get out of this box, until either the option expires and I can get out for free or until it drops to 50%, 60%, whatever your profit target is, right? No matter what, I'm just going to hang in there and not do anything until I can win or be right or make a profit. Then, yes, you deserve to get hit by the steamroller because you're basically not being proactive about managing your risk. So, you know, the next time somebody says to you, hey, you know, you, do you know that selling premium is basically just picking up, you know, nickels in front of, in front of a steamroller? Just be like, yes, I understand, but I'm not one to ever get hit, and therefore I'm able to make money, right? So, anyways, that's why I kind of like the analogy, you know, because it is an accurate representation. But then, um, I just want you to understand that you just have to look at it from the other angle and just kind of. Look at the situation and, and, and use it and understand what goes into it and how to manage that risk. And so you can really embrace it and still realize that selling premium, you know, for all of the kind of risk that's embedded, right, it can be managed and it can be a positive expectancy strategy. Okay, so uh, short episode today. We're just going to leave it there. Um, as always, if you guys enjoyed this episode, Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also visit my trading page at www.thetradebusters.com where you'll find all of my strategy mechanics and trade logs as well as various essays that I've written and other podcasts that I recommend. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter at The Trade Buster. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.